Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Josh, uh, okay, and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> Josh, uh, Hendon and uh, Seth both talked about Brew McCoy and what they've seen out of him. Is is he technically eligible to play yet? Is he cleared any NCAA stuff? Uh, there's a, another hurdle that uh, we still got to clear for for him to be completely eligible. So uh, our administration and uh, you know departments working on that, and and uh, we'll find out when we find out. He had some off-the-field issues, obviously, at USC that he was cleared of, I guess. How did you guys vet him when you were deciding to take him on? Yeah, those, those things always go through our administration, um, you know, our compliance department, all, all the entities on campus are part of that process and, and feel really good about who he is and, and uh, you know, how he's approached, um, you know, getting to Knoxville and becoming a, an integrated part of our football team and, and our campus life. You mentioned playing with 69 players last year. How close to 85 will you be? Uh, don't have a number for you right now, but uh, we're we're underneath that. Josh, I know you you guys still have that open investigation, so it's a little hard to kind of probably fully embrace like endorsing some a collective ring by like that. But you've seen Kirby come out and, and endorse his. You've seen uh, you know Auburn's AD come out and tell fans to give to collectives and stuff. Do you think that's going to be more the norm as we go forward? Yeah, for sure. I, I think you know uh, the current landscape and, and legislation, which I and, and none of the coaches have control over. We're just operating in the space that we are. Um, you know, the the collective piece of it is uh, it's important, right? And I'm just talking about our current roster, right? Like the amount of opportunities uh, deals that our current roster have. It, it's a part of the landscape, uh, and I think it's it's a positive one. It's one as a player I would have wanted to have an opportunity to take advantage of. Uh, it's awesome to see my kids, you know, wearing a Cedric Tillman shirt around uh, the house or a Hendon Hooker jersey. Um, but I think it's changed the way that kids come into your program and how they approach things, too. It's changed their decision-making process. But uh, for sure, um, you know, the, the landscape of, of the collective uh, is, a, is a big part of, of college football, and, and uh, you've seen other people um, kind of endorse uh, one entity. Justin, do you have to be more transparent, even more transparent with your with your locker room because of, but because of this emergence? I've always believed in, in being transparent. If you're not real, uh, authentic, and true uh, in every other situation that, that you encounter, um, you're going to lose trust and credibility with your team. I think it's forced you to have different dialogues than you maybe currently or maybe had uh, previously. Um, as things come up, uh, your players got to have a, a line of communication to be able to ask questions, uh, raise concerns, and you as a leader uh, and the, the staff that you have has to be able to answer those things transparently. And you know, We try to have a great culture inside of our locker room. I think it's now more important than ever uh, just because of the landscape, NIL being a part of that. And then you got to be able to hit those things head on uh, as you communicate with your players. You had, you had the Division One Council come out <coughs> at least you know, say they're going to vote on potentially allowing just unlimited transfers and immediately eligible today. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I you know, one one positive is guys that have gotten stuck behind a great player have had an opportunity to, to go somewhere and play. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about developing people. Uh, I still believe that. Um, 
it's true at the, you know, the level that we're at in the SEC. Uh, it's true at NCAA Division III. Um, I think you just got to be careful and make sure that kids are still working towards the most important part of their four or five year experience, which is getting a college degree and being ready for, for real life whenever that happens and learning life lessons along the way. So I just think, uh, you know, as we continue to, down this you know, path in college football, we want to make sure that uh, we don't lose the priorities. Your team during the offseason, a lot of time with the strength coach and the strength staff. Kurt Schmidt, he seems like a very behind-the-scenes guy. You brought him in from UCF or brought him with you, you've worked with him. What do you like about him and his style and, and how much trust do you have in him to, with your football team? Yeah, I think you know, recruiting is a huge part of, of your roster, but it's only 50% of the story that's going to be told. Uh, the development of your roster is extremely important. And so uh, that's true in what we do fundamentally uh, with our players as, as football coaches, but it's also true of what Coach uh, Schmidt and his staff do of developing the player, strength, size, speed. Uh, functional football movement, and uh, he's been a huge part of our success. I think our players have had a great offseason with him. You've seen bodies change. Uh, know the other side of that is just nutrition, and, and that's one of the things that our administration's done a great job. We've completely changed the way uh, our players uh, feed and fuel their bodies, and, and uh, Ethan Bauer and his staff have done a great job. Josh, we've heard some kind of tongue-in-cheek comments this week about uh, work-life balance. Has that changed for you in the advent of NIL and transfer portal at all? Yeah, I, I mean, the recruiting cycle has dramatically changed over the last two decades in uh, NIL and uh, Transfer Portal, all of those things. <clears throat> we got to find a way to, to create a calendar that makes sense for college football as it is today. And, you know, the level that we're at is different than, you know, Division Two or Division Three potentially. And so uh, finding a way to, to create a calendar that makes sense, that uh, keeps the right people inside of the game, they're great developers of men and football players, uh, I think it is, uh, is important. Not just work-life balance where you're able to go home and see your kids, but also be with the, the players that you need to be spending time with, which is your current roster, and, and developing them as people and players too. So uh, we got to find a way to uh, to navigate that space a little bit better than we are right now. Josh, is that realistic? I mean, with <coughs> it is exciting period, the early official visits, the window of the transfer portal in May, the window of the transfer portal in December. I mean, is the calendar even, can you remotely get it back to some sense of, somewhat of normalcy, I guess is what I'm asking? Well, not if, not if you potentially just want to go back to the calendar as everybody has known it, right? Like, I think you got to look, all, all these footings inside of college football are dramatically changing. Why not scratch the entire calendar and start with something that, that makes sense for how recruiting and college football is currently operating? And if you start from, from that frame of mind, then you can put best practices in place and, and create something that makes sense along all lines. Uh, you're talking about you know your current players spending time with them, the season as it unfolds, recruiting that makes sense, and then transfer portal. Uh, you look at the NFL; uh, they're not dealing with the draft and free agency all at the same time. You know, um, there's a way to, to navigate those spaces. Josh, they were talking about potentially changing the targeting rule in the second half, meaning if you get you know, call for targeting in the second half, they can send that to Steve Shaw; he can review it, potentially overturn having to sit out first quarter next game or first half, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your thoughts on that overall, the targeting rule, the penalty, and maybe changing that the way that they, they handle it? Yeah, I, I, I do think 
what we're trying and what college football has tried to do with the targeting rule makes perfect sense. It's about player safety, and it's really not about the player that's getting hit. It's the hitter, you know, and, and trying to keep them safe. <clears throat> the game is played differently now. At the end of the day, I, I think we want to put better parameters in that, uh, um, you know, keep people on the field and, and uh, one-time exceptions to, to things that might have happened or things that aren't called correctly. Being able to correct those things in real time as much as possible, I think, is important. Good question. I'll back up. Would that be something that, that you guys have to send to the Southeastern Conference or the NCAA to be reviewed if that happened? I believe, it's something, mm -hmm. I believe it's something that we have to send in, um, okay. you know, on Sunday after the ball game. Would you favor the SEC proposal that after an incomplete pass, the clock starts on the ready for play signal? Repeat that one more time, I'm sorry. Would you favor the SEC proposal that the clock would start after an incomplete pass on the ready for play signal? I really don't have any strong feelings uh, on that rule, and you guys might think that's crazy for somebody that's throwing the ball around, right? Like, they're looking for some consistency of playing time just for, for TV purposes. Um, you know, I'd start with fake cramps and, and trying to rule that out of the game. Um, How do you do but, that? But there's a lot of different options to create that. <laughs> and what are they? What are they? Well, I mean, I think if, if you're injured during the course of a drive, player safety would say, man, we need to make sure that we take some time and truly evaluate this mm -hmm. guy and probably keep him off the field for that drive. If you, if you could play commissioner for a day and pick Tennessee's Boy, wouldn't that be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and you went with the, the permanent three model. Who would you want? Tennessee to play as their permanent Yeah, career. I think your historical um, rivalries, right? From the moment I've gotten here, it's been Alabama. It's been Vandy, right? And I think Kentucky's in, in that same sense, too, you know, geographically. Um, Georgia's a huge rivalry. Florida, right? Like, there's all those games that, uh, you know, depending on which part, you know, maybe which age of our fan base you talk to, you're going to get a different answer. Do you favor the 6-3 model? I don't have any feelings on it. I don't get to decide anyway, so we'll line up whoever they put on the schedule and get ready to play. Coach, you talked earlier about Hendon and, and what he's done with NIL with his book and everything. <coughs> kind of more your thoughts on that, and do you think that's kind of been a thing that's led other guys to maybe explore opportunities to give back as well through NIL? Man, I, it's a natural part of, of NIL. Our players do a lot, have always done a lot of things in the community, and that's a, a part of you know why we hired a, a three-person player development team uh, to help these guys grow personally and professionally outside of the game, give them opportunities to, to go spend time and uh, interact with our community, and and uh, you know for Hendon, who's got deep faith and, and understands you know the the road that he's traveled, having an opportunity to pay it back to to the youth in Knoxville and across this area is uh, vitally important to him and, and uh, I think that's a, a great example of, uh, of an opportunity through NIL that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think there needs to be more regulations on NIL and do you see it possibly being a negative impact on the sport moving forward? I, I think we want to educate and empower mm -hmm. student athletes, right, and help mm -hmm. them grow personally and professionally during their four years. I think NIL does that. Mm -hmm. Does everybody want fair and equitable, um, you know, legislation? I think, yeah, in college sports, we want that. For a long time, um, you know, the path was concrete and it didn't move, right, you know, and I'm talking for you know, generations, and, and uh, there's a lot of movement right now, but I think it's extremely valuable and, and it's a great opportunity for, for us to embrace it. Um, now, how do we navigate the space the best that we can? Uh, I think everybody wants that. Is the existence of NIL good for Tennessee football? Yeah, absolutely. 
are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> the Power T is one of the strongest brands and logos in all of couch sports. And it's that because of the passion and pageantry and, and, and the fan base, right? All things that I thought from the outside looking in, but man, have a greater, deeper appreciation for now that I've been here for 18 months. And uh, the city of Knoxville, the state, of all nation across the country, absolutely it's a positive for, for Tennessee athletics. Have you, read <coughs> have you read Hennon's book? Uh, I haven't read it all the way to front to cover. I've made it three quarters of the way before my son grabbed it out of my hands. <laughs> Did he have any review of your son on Hendon's book? Did he like it? Hen, uh, my son? Yeah. Absolutely Hendon's loved it. Yeah. Absolutely okay. loved it. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why if you want to offer for benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen.